here at the Songa Center at the end of two periods. It's Merrimack 1, UMass Lowell 1. I'm Mike Packard with John Leahy and joining us. Mike McMahon from themacreport.com, also the Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News, uh, etc. Uh, Mike, nice ceremony here between periods as they honored for the uh, Division Two day uh, UMass Lowell players. One of them, Mike Aragosian, a goaltender for Lowell, who is now, of course, the goaltending coach for BU. And uh, at one point, actually, was the goaltending, t- or goaltending coach for Merrimack. He coached two players to uh, the All-Hockey East teams, I remember, back in the 1990s. You had Marty Legault, uh, you know, made that team, made that team as well on the, uh, the All-Hockey East team. And, uh, you know, he was a guy, like I said, you know, a very good goaltender, but a very, very good goaltending coach as well. And it kind of reminds me that there's a lot of connections between these two programs, Merrimack and Roll, right over the years. And you kind of wonder, it almost seems like, I know you had something, you were talking about it as well, about, uh, you know, on the Mac report about the possibility of the, the rivalry getting restarted in some way, or, you know, it kind of seems like it should happen. Uh, will it happen? I don't know. What's your thought on it? Well, I think it, the way it's lined up over the last five or six years, they, they've both been really good at different times. Like when Merrimack was having their run in 2010-11, and then even again in 11-12, Lowell was sort of down near the bottom of the league. That's when they were changing head coaches and Norm Basin gets hired, and they were never really real. And then Lowell went on its run going to the Frozen Four a couple years ago and uh, winning league titles. And, and during that period, Merrimack had taken its step back and finished last in the league a couple years ago. So it seems like when they were both really good, it didn't match up but happening at the same time. I think if it, if it happens to be that Lowell uh, stays as consistent as they have been and remains here in the top of the league and if Merrimack can get themselves back up there, I, I think it's it's pretty uh, regionally. I mean, it just seems like it would, it would be bound to happen at some point just because they're so close and it was a big rivalry back in the 80s and the 70s. And uh, if both teams, I think, but it takes both teams being really good. If it's one side, it's not much of a rivalry. So I think if, if, if Merrimack gets back to a point where they're, they're near the top of the league like Lowell has been, I think it's just natural that it would come back. Talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report, one to one our score here, and boy, this game was scoreless for such a long time. Merrimack finally broke through; they were able to get somebody to the, to the front of the net. But it's less than a minute later, UMass Lowell tied it up. A defensive breakdown for the Warriors in their own end, and we haven't seen too much of that this weekend. That was probably the first one we've seen that yeah. I can think of. You know, other than because uh, even last night the goal they scored on was on a breakaway; it's not really a defensive breakdown off of a bang bang play when, when Boyle makes that incredible save. So probably their first defensive breakdown of the weekend, to be honest with you, and it cost them. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that they've done a real good job, again, keeping Lowell to the outside, uh, especially on the penalty kill uh, when, they, when Lowell's been on the power play. Uh, just two, I mean, first five periods here, I'm not sure that you can play much better against these guys. I mean, I, I think they're one of the best teams in the league, Lowell, and uh, you've been step, just step for step with them through five periods of hockey so far. I think what we've seen is two teams that are really well coached and have very smart players that play the system well, listen to the coach, do what the coach asked them to do. And if that's the case, if, that's, if these two teams play this way all season long, I, I expect we'd see both of them near the top part of the league. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I, I just said it to somebody down in the, in the other row in the middle of the second period. I said, look, if Merrimack can play with Lowell, I think they can play with anybody in the league. Because, I mean, BC's a really good team, and they're a different type of team than I think Lowell is. But, I mean, if you can play with these guys, I think you can play, you can play with anybody. I think Lowell's the benchmark in a lot of ways. and uh, They've been step for step with them so far. I mean, o- offensively, struggling to score goals a little bit. Only one last night, only one so far tonight, but still, uh, this is a 
the loyalty of the defense really well and might defend better than anybody. So uh, I think if, if you're looking looking at them as, as the benchmark, they've, they've measured up so far. Who stood out to you this weekend? Who's maybe looked even better than, than they did last week? I think Ethan Spaxman Ethan Spats was terrific. I think mean, he was great last night. I thought he's been good tonight. Uh, but I, I thought he was just, I thought he was their best player last night in a lot of ways. Ben Bach continues to do a lot of really good things. I mean, guys that uh, didn't score seniors even and some juniors that, that uh, you wouldn't have thought would be scoring goals because they just ha- that hasn't been their role over the last couple of years. A guy like Justin Husser who I think looks like a different player these first four or five you know, four games. I agree. He's one of the guys that has really impressed me. You wonder sometimes about guys that when they get into their final year and they realize wow this is it for me. He's, he's making the most of his opportunity. Absolutely and uh, I know he was a guy that they had hopes of providing some scoring when he came in as a freshman and for whatever, for whatever reason it, he was in and out of the lineup. It wasn't really uh, coming to fruition there the first couple years, but he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and that, even that line, I mean, I'll be honest with you, that, that first game against uh, against Clarkson, and I think they were together in the exhibition too, I looked at that line and I sort of thought to myself, I, I don't see that line staying together very long because you got you know Ben Bach, who's going to be in the lineup, but he's more of a penalty killer, defensive forward. Uh, Husser's been in and out, so you don't know how, how that's going to work out. And then Christie you look at as, okay, Brian Christie's one of their top six scorers. Uh, I, I just didn't think that line would, would stick. It's probably We've been their best line so far. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Three seniors, like you said, you know, yeah. three guys. The final go around. I think that's got something to do with it. Absolutely. Certainly, but you know, you, you talk about Husser, and I think he and Christie. They, they, you know, uh, Christie had started. I think to when he finally was getting healthy last year, using his his size more to his advantage. And, and, and Husser, it's like you were waiting for that to happen too, and he's certainly doing that this year as well. They get two guys on that line that are playing that way. Yeah, and he's and Husser's played really smart too. He had a yeah. play tonight. I think in the, uh, I think it was in that second period where. He, they, they needed a change. They needed a change bad. And he came through the neutral zone, and he did what you would normally do. You dump the puck. I mean, that's, that is that is what it is, and they're getting the change. But he also went down even tired at the end of a long shift and beat the D back and pinched the puck deep in behind the net, sort of allowing that full change to happen and not allowing Lowell to transition up ice. And then I think uh, that line change happened. They came down and actually retained possession in the zone and allowed him to go to the bench. Just a, a real good effort there, and he's been like that really since the start of the year. So we have one period left here. That's really going to decide how both these teams feel about the weekend, I think. You know, if either team is able to get the edge in this period and win the game, or I guess if it goes to overtime and gets decided there, the other team's got to be really disappointed. It's going to feel like we were right there for six periods or six periods plus all weekend, and we weren't able to get more than a point, and that would be the one last night. And again, if they end up losing, if it ends up being a tie, it almost would seem like both clubs would probably grudgingly accept it and move on. Yeah, you know, even Mer- like from a Merrimack standpoint, I think you got to be happy with the way you play, too. I mean, so you could potentially lose this game late, even, and, and still, I mean, we're through five periods here, and they've held UMass Lowell at 26 shots. They, they need to get a point tonight, though. I, th- I think they need at least a point. Oh, no, no, yeah, exactly. I agree. But, I mean, that's the point. It's like you could, despite coming away from this weekend, I think feeling that you've played pretty well, only come out of, only coming away with one out of four points yeah. is going to leave a pretty bad taste in your mouth. So You need to see results, right? I mean, you got to yeah. have the results for your effort. Absolutely, absolutely. And as well as they played, uh, I don't think anybody would be feeling good coming away with just one out of four. All right, so let's look ahead to next weekend before we go. BU comes to town on Friday night, UNH on Saturday night.
yeah, it should be an interesting weekend. Uh, two home games, two different opponents on, on both those games. You don't see that very often. I know it's a little different with UNH, and they split up. Uh, they split up those home games when you have them twice. So uh, they're they're a team. I think UNH is, is been struggling a little bit. I'm not sure how they're doing tonight. I think they were down to, to Union again tonight. Yeah, it was a close game, but they were trailing. Yeah, and they had a, a six one lead last night. That ends up being a six six game against UMass, and then and then BU. I think they won today, uh, but probably didn't get off to the type of start that they would have hoped for. So uh, two teams that might be licking their wounds a little bit. I think UNH a little more than BU, but uh, two which should be two very good games against two opponents that I think play a little differently too. Yeah, I mean, what I would come back to is you know, the front, the, this, John and I talked about the schedule is front-loaded with home games. You have to, this, these are games you need to win, points you got to get, especially in the league games. Yeah, definitely, because they're going to be on the road a lot in that second half of the year, and if you put yourself in a hole to, to try to climb out of that hole in the road is not going to be very fun. Yeah. All right, Mike, thanks a lot. I certainly appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. TheMacReport.com, you got the coaches show. The Mac Report coaches show coming up on Tuesday night on uh, the uh, Merrimack radio station, WMCK, along with head coach Mark Dennehy. Do you know who the uh, the guest is going to be? I will probably get an email tomorrow. That, that, <laughs> That's how I've been getting my email on, on Sunday, and then I can prep Monday for Tuesday. <laughs> All right, folks, so check it out. Uh, Eagle Tribune as well, writing for the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. All right, we'll be back with more right after this. The score is 1-1. to This is Warrior Hockey.